Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. To history and Technicolor. This is me, David Crowther, and I'm joined in the shed by Wolf O'Neill. Big surprise. The here. one and only. The one and only Wolf O'Neill. Um, we must do that. Knight's Tale. Ulrich von Liechtenstein. No? We could. Love that movie. Love that movie. Shush. Shush. I hate that movie. How? <sighs> anyway, look, I had a couple of things for you. Um, okay. One is Lime. There is a body of people whose fury about the lime scene in Amadeus is growing. We are organising. Growing? Have you started like a yeah, group? Yeah, I have. Several people, well, two, have written in and said they agreed with me absolutely about the lime. Do you even remember the lime? I do. You do. And okay, I'm just, just saying. Thank you, thank you. David, thank you. you were right. I was so I right. I bowed down to you. I was so right. Now we just need to get in contact with every one of the filmmakers. Yeah. Petition them. Yeah. Send out letters. Yeah. Get it redone. Emails. Get it redone. Or cut. Just cut, cut the cut. scene. What? Actually, just delete Amadeus. Yes. Okay. Another thing. You know um, the Taylor Two Taylor Two Cities. Uh, this is that good joke. You've ruined it now. <laughs> Tell it to me. If, if it's that good, I'll laugh. Have you heard about Taylor Two Cities? No, I haven't. Apparently, it was serialised in two Midlands local newspapers first. What were they? The Bister Times and the Worcester Times. Very good, very good. It is, <laughs> good, it is very it? good. It is very good. Right. I, it's I, a bit better than you think it is, actually. No, it's actually really good. It is really good. Um, right. Is it connected in any way to what we're talking about? Uh, no. No. Uh, so, and also, we missed a fun fact that you brought up after we finished Lawrence Arabia. Tell the yes. good listeners that so, fun fact. So while continuing so to not funny. talk about this We subject, are continuing not to talk about Lady Jane, which is the film we're doing today, by the way. It is worth noting that 
the entire length of the film shoot for Lawrence of Arabia, which is roughly 313 days, was longer than the entire Arab revolt, <laughs> which the film is based around. <laughs> we think that it was very funny. It says something about Western culture. We're not quite sure what it is, but it says something about it. Anyway, great. So we are gathered to get here together um, to talk about Lady Jane. Yes. Uh, so why am I proposing this movie, which is the first question normally we ask ourselves. Although you failed to do that with Lawrence Arabia, can I just point out? Broke the rules. I think, did I not just answer it without posing the Well, I think question? the point was we thought, why would you need to answer a dumb question like yes, that when you yes. go about Lawrence Arabia? Right, so I happen to do it, be doing an extravaganza at this moment about Lady Jane Grey, so the good uh, listeners of the history of England are going through, the poor, poor rabbits. Um, I have come some quite strong memories of this movie, funnily enough, because everybody went potty about Helena, Helena Bonham Carter at the yes. time. Um, thought she was totally, totally good. Um, and the last time I saw it, I think I was 22... And as you know, Wolf, I am not by nature a romantic person. Okay, you do know that, don't you? Well, I thought you were about to say that was some time ago. Ah, well, that is some time ago. <laughs> and I was like, I did know that, David, I did. Indeed. But I, you know, not. But you're not a romantic person. Yeah, I mean, talk, talk to Jane, she'll tell you, poor thing. So I had this kind of na- nauseous, queasy feeling in the pit of my stomach when I think about a film like that. Yes. And having seen it. So a slight desire to reach the sick bag. Mm-hmm. And so I wondered, you know, could I go through that again? You know, I'll be interested. Have I grown up? Um, also, as I've got older, when I was young, it's very hard, you know, very unemotional, you know, right? Now, as I've got older... That was a great was, impression of your entire childhood yes, in three glances. Yes, we just about did it. Now, as I've got older, I've got much more emotional and sentimental, very sentimental, it's frightening, especially when on flights... I find if I watch a film in an aeroplane, I find it almost impossible not to cry. There was a terrible movie of Jodie Foster and somebody doing The King and I, and it's really a terrible movie. And I was in... I had tears running down my cheeks, and the lady, the air stewardess, came to me and said, Are you all right, sir? So... At least you can always try and describe it as um, altitude sickness. Altitude sickness, indeed. Yes. So, as far as I'm concerned, men do not cry, okay? We're born, we're created to be heartless, cruel, vicious killers, okay? That's what we're here for, essentially. And so, sure. you know, I, it was a test to myself. Have I fallen from real, ma- from real manhood? Because men don't cry, obviously. Okay, so that's why an extensive set of reasons as to why I decided to leave June. Okay. Shall I tell you more about the film? Yes, or please. Would, or would you like to leave at this point? I, I wanted to leave not long after the movie started. <laughs> oh, dear. OK, that's not very good. OK, so the film was made in 1986. It was directed by a tractor boy, Trevor Nunn, who famously thought Andrew Lloyd Webber's uh, Cats was a bad idea. Uh, didn't he make his own version of Cats? I don't know if he made it. He said... He, I think he did do a stage version of did Cats. Did he? Yeah. Before right? or after, I think he did one. Oh, OK. Well, so as soon as I heard that, I thought Trevor Nunn is a great guy because Cats is clearly the most Trevor Nunn is so good. I mean, forget all the other stuff. The fact was, he realised that Cats is a crock. I was made to watch that, and it is a crock. Okay? Okay. Have I been clear enough about that? Are you under, under any illusions about the quality of my view of the quality I'm of I'm going to go home and rip up that Cats post that I have on my wall, because now I've realised it's you know, no good. No, no, well, I'm glad I've torn the scales from your eyes. Trevor Nunn is an English theatre director, big name in the role. RSC, obviously, Royal Shakespeare He's Company, wonderful. And he's jolly wonderful. Um, he directed the greatest theatre production I've ever seen. Oh, is that right? What is that, then? A 2008 version of King Lear with right. Ian McKellen. Actually, I remember it being on. Actually, I didn't see it, obviously, but... It, it was on television. Like right. they, they recorded and put it on television later that year. But it's the best Shakespeare I've seen. Right. Because I then later saw Derek Jacobi do it again, and I was really bored. Right. Um, 
it's quite th- dumb. Th- this yeah. version was really, really right. good. And I know he's just redone it again recently. Right. Um, from people I know, it's it's just it doesn't compare to right. the version that was done in 2008. Right. Um, everything about it was just monumental, and it's, it's seared into my memory. Right. It's just the greatest kind of theatre experience I've ever had. Oh, cool. And I single-handedly owe that to Trevor Nunn. Right, well done, Trevor. So, we're, we're... so I was very excited. Yeah, fantastic. So we're picking up Trevor. And actually, he did this on the bounce from leaving the RSC, I think, actually. And he did, only did two other movies. So, so once again... Oh, I've seen another one of them as well. Have you? I've seen <laughs> his version of Twelfth Night. Yeah, I had to watch that in year nine when we were studying the play. I hate Twelfth Night. Twelfth Night's such a rubbish play, isn't it? Oh, it's so crushingly boring. I hate Shakespearean humour, that, oh, we're going to really laugh at this guy and make him feel really small. I hate that. I hate it. Should, should I move well, on? As we were. <laughs> Let's not go into how, okay. how much Shakespeare sucks. Right. Indeed, yeah. Okay. So, um, but the point is, he's not a film director, he's our Trev. And no, he is t- not. Didn't turn him in, into a career either. Uh, or starts, into a film director. Indeed, that's, sorry, that's what I meant. Uh, it starts uh, Helena Bonham Carter, who was 20 at the time. This is her first lead role. Very young. There are quite a few big names on a sort of English actor, darling, sort of level. You know, love is uh, the kind of thing you expect from Lion in Winter, that sort of thing. Plus, I think one of them is the bad guy from Bill and Ted 2. Uh, is it? Bill and Ted, obviously. I'd have to confirm. You know, you ought to do those, you know, the Bill and Ted, because they're great. We're going to, but you know there's that, that lord who takes over? I'm pretty sure he's... <laughs> is he the Duke of Ted? No, that was Ted, obviously. Anyway, uh, you can check that fact and I'll keep going. Um, so they're terribly good uh, actors, if not terribly sexy. Carrie Elwes is the male lead and could possibly be extremely sexy. I'm not qualified to judge, but it looks as though he's going to be sexy. Is Carrie yes. Elwes sexy, Wolf? He is. Joss Joss Ackland. Ackland. Yes, he's very good, isn't he? We're going back to the previous discussion. He about... was Denomalos in... Um... Right. Bill and Denomalos. OK, so Joss Ackland. Fine Shakespearean actor and also Don Nomalos in, in. His filmography is Lethal Weapon, Hunt for the Red October, Warship Down, and Bill and Ted. <laughs> That's a collection. All anyway, great. I was asking you a question. Is Carrie always sexy? Is he good looking? I mean, in, he's a bit too young in this movie. Right. I find him quite annoying. But um, he's in Princess Bride, right? He's Princess Bride. He's yeah, quite yeah. charming yeah. in The Princess Bride. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, very good. You have to play getting, bad guys, though. I'm getting quite a few negative signals from me. Uh, you know, anyway. Uh, writers, Chris Bryant and David Edgar, playwrights. So the film is about the life, the life of Lady Jane Grey, Nine Days Queen. It's one of the great tragic stories in English history. Uh, what do you know of Jane Grey, Wolf? Um, well, I think I only knew that she was essentially the Nine right, Day so Queen. So you kind of knew that I knew, she existed. I knew that she fits between Edward and Mary, but okay. uh, I think I always thought that she was an illegitimate... Yeah. That is the very interesting, you should say that. Very interesting. Well, which is not that interesting, but mildly. No, very interesting. Being rude there. I'd like to probably apologise. So we're in the time of the sixth. Boy, Boy Tudor King, he will die in 1553 at the age of 16. The heir under Henry VIII's will is his daughter, Mary Tudor. Uh, but she's Catholic and Edward is a good prot. Jane Grey is of royal blood. Very Protestant. A scholar despite her very young age. Very impressive. She corresponds with people all over Europe. And she becomes queen. Duke of Northumberland is a political boss guy and his political machinations lead to this kind of coup, as it were, to her becoming key uh, queen. And he's married, he marries her to his son, Guildford. So this all looks like a bit of a stitch-up. Guildford is a roué, disillusioned by his dad. This is in the film. Uh, and in fact, this is describing the film rather than necessarily history, although they're quite similar. A most unsuitable person, obviously. But then, uh, so they're forced to marry each other, neither of them want to marry. But then, Wolf, 
They fall madly in love. They fall in love. It's so beautiful. They fall in love. They find that they are, um, you know, they're connected, that they share the same views. Ideologically suited to each other. Ideologically suited to each other. Well, that is is the world. But, you know, life happens. The rebellion fails. uh, The council abandons them, Jane and whatever. Her father, uh, Northumberland, falls. Her father and mother desert her, leave her in the tower. Can't tell you more because we ought to be not having plot spoilers. Okay. I made this for we ought to not be spoiling the plots, did we? Yeah, but it's hard. Too old. All right. Okay. So she takes. Also, if if I have anything to do about this, no one's going to watch this film. So, <laughs> uh... <laughs> okay. Uh, right. So Mary doesn't want to kill her, but her father leads a rebellion called the White Rebellion in history, and uh, you know there we go. And so she's one, and she is executed. So, what is the film about, Wolf? Um, who cares? <laughs> It's no. The film is too much about this soppy romance. Right. What's wrong with soppy romances? Yeah, but this one is really. It's very moving. There's. I never once feel that there's any true love expressed in this film at all. Um, Let's get on to that in a moment. What is the film about? I mean, what I find interesting. Give me a chance to build it up before you before you knock it over. What is this film about? What is? I think the film is probably about. Really, the aim of this is to tell us this story about this really ideological, hopeful, positive, and probably good ruler who wasn't given any opportunity to rule and to shed light on this part of history that we don't remember. Uh, The comparatives I felt to Elizabeth were quite strong. Yeah. A few years later, Elizabeth comes along and we remember her as the greatest queen that ever Mm. existed. And yet, Jane's here... She had all the talents to do that and more, yeah. Trying to do the same. Um, she only lasts <clears> nine days. Um, not really her fault. But I, I kind of agree. I just said it's more about the death of idealism at the hands of reality, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't... <laughs> I thought about it beforehand, obviously. You planned that for weeks. And yes, you, I didn't even think that I uh, would need to answer yeah, you that question. you got two seconds, yes, I did. But okay, also, sorry. it's hard to be engaged when it's You're just going to so have to wait until you kill it, Okay. Listen, good people, I'm telling you. So you are, in fact, already fixing up like the critics, aren't you? So the response to the film was variable at best, if we're talking about the quality of the film. It seems to be remembered quite fondly, though, by people. Really? I just read... in general, I, I seem, when I hear people what, talk people about talking it. about it? Yeah, Real just people. Like... I'm going to make that point. Just... You people know. seem to think it's quite nice. Okay. So, reviewers said this overlong, lifeless epic of doomed true love, a simpering romance. So, they found basically true. reviewers found the romance saccharine, silly, and old fashioned. Critics hated it, therefore. Okay. Um, but audiences who are real people, okay, not twisted, broken down, dead from the neck up people. Or Wait, which down, one am I? Way. You're one of the critics, the <laughs> twisted, broken down, why, dead people. Why am I not just a normal person? Because real people liked it. Okay. That is my point. Real people liked it. So when you look at the review things, you know, the Rotten Tomatoes things, the critics, and the audiences quite liked it. Didn't like it that much, actually, but they liked it a little bit. It's a fairy tale. You have to absolutely put aside any cynicism, and it is very saccharine. So you're going to like the movie if you really like very saccharine love uh, love stories. Actually, some bits which are very good. The locations are fantastic. The costumes are brilliant. The music is fantastic. The crowd scenes actually are really well done. There's a good crowd scene at the beginning where they're doing a hunt. There's a good crowd scene at the beginning where they're executing somebody. Actually, I think they're really well done. But you, you've got to be able to blub. Isn't it interesting that you've just compared those two scenes where you could argue that the same person 
like one's an allegory for the later one. So yeah, that, that hunt scene is our introduction to Jane. Yeah. If you want to look into the imagery when they're surrounding that deer right. and they're all storming in, that's yes. really when they're Thank actually... You, yeah. It's when you're leading to Jane and you see her and it's cutting between her and the deer. Yes, true. That's As they all good. surround her, you kind of yeah. see what's going to come. There are satisfying villains in this. Her mother is, is a bit vicious... Um, and we talked about how you always know who the villain is yes. because it does a slow zoom on them while they do something twisted with their face. Is that right? Yes. And <laughs> they'll have a deranged look in their eyes right. and then it will do a slow zoom and you're like, ah, villain. Okay. Yes, I, um, I hadn't noticed that. But now you've said it, uh, I can see you could well be right. The, a lot of ideas are raised. A lot of ideas yeah. about the conflict, um, the religious divide, Catholicism versus Protestantism. You've got all these ideas about social reform, which are really interesting. The discussions about the failures of Henry's reign and the inflation mm -hmm. that has come about. Yeah. And the negative qualities of the Reformation versus the positive <clears throat> mm -hmm. consequences of the Reformation. You've got all of this involved and it's delivered with such sickening idiocy that um, okay, it's really go, hard yeah, go to... Yeah, go for it. So, yeah. This is the, the qualities of film. All, all, all I know is that I'll let you, let you in on this. They'd for the first hour, yeah. not much was happening like yeah. at all, and we weren't really getting a sense of the characters. You, it's interesting when you hear Jane talking about her her religious beliefs, her studying, um, when she kind of reveals um, her characteristics, like what she's doing. You can clearly tell that she doesn't want to go into power or anything mm. like that. So there is some decent character build-up of her, but I had just been watching it and I wasn't taking any notes for ages because there wasn't much to... Right. It, it was just happening before me. There's no interesting cinematography. There's no smart camera work. Mm. Uh, the editing is, is is basic. There's Compare it to Lawrence, there's no match cut. Yeah. Like, there's no desire to do anything um, other than just have the camera do the basic camera work. Right. They just want to turn a camera on and then have the actors act yeah. like it was a stage play. Right. Because obviously he comes from the theatre. Yeah. And I just feel like, as a result, the images that I'm seeing are not inspiring. Mm. They're quite dark and dull, and it, it feels like... You know what? The quality, which is... Really, I love what I'm about to compare it to. It feels like the BBC version of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Right. Um, from, I think, the 80s. Right. Um, which is perfectly fine, but it... it when I say it feels like television, nowadays that, that's more different, but I've, I mean, it feels like 80s television, where you kind of know that it's going to be really a bit clunky and a little mm. bit off, and they have some interesting ideas, but they're too concerned with this kind of like entertainment that they want to try and put yeah. forward. I think we all know that the story is good enough that mm. if it was exciting and accurate and lively, that it'd be really good. I, I just feel like it's not exciting to watch. Right. And then they started to talk about their social beliefs mm. and their ideas the vagrant scene changed like there was a, yeah. it was a it was a switch in the movie and i suddenly picked up and i was like okay right. started paying attention and i was yeah. like and then Kerry Yules or whatever starts talking about his his beliefs he starts criticizing the reformation yeah. and there's a discussion about the shilling and i was like this is really interesting and then he said to her tell me about yeah. the sacrament yeah. i ran and got my notebook came back just in time to watch them blub and then start kissing <laughs> And it's not that I'm opposed to kissing it. <laughs> if it was just a if it was just a romantic story that yeah. was good and wasn't 
saccharine, like you mm. said. I, I would be perfectly interested in it, but they had shown no compassion or interest in each other prior no. to a vagrant coming up to them. But they've only just met. No, I mean, no. That's the point. That's like, the point about cheating marriage. You know, these guys, they hadn't met each other beforehand. They just said, you're going to be married on the 25th, 25th of May, and away but, you go. But Edward and Jane, yeah. like, they actually have a yeah. relationship that's bonding. You can see in every scene these small details of compassion and empathy being shared between each other. Mm. You can see something building up. This is, it's a classic. They're not meant to be together, then they turn out to be the perfect couple. Right. Um, he's an absolute scoundrel. She doesn't want to be married to him. They're on their wedding day. They hate each other. Um, and then suddenly he just says so- a few things about how we should we should have social reform, and she's like, "Amazing, I love you." <laughs> and honestly, I couldn't believe it when that's what happened with Jane. I couldn't believe it when they when they were talking to each other <laughs> in bed the next morning. Such a classic shot. It was again the window in the view and the shot. It was terrible. And he's like, "Had you ever done that before?" And I was like, "Oh come on!" And then she was like. I've heard about it. And I was like, this is this is the worst. Just move on from this, please. We've seen the standard post-coital scene so that we know that they've had sex and we know that life was progressing. And they keep talking about it. And then he's like, remember when I told you they used to yes. sleep with those ladies yes, of the night? And I'm like, why are you saying this? And she was like, yes. And I was like, poor, poor woman. He's yeah. now telling her this. And then he's like, I lied. I lied about all those people I used to sleep with. And I was like, okay, weird. And then she rolls over crying. And also, every tear in this movie is placed on the cheeks. They never come out of anyone's eyes. She rolls over and suddenly has completely soaking wet cheeks. You can see these huge tears placed on there by uh, little pipettes. And then he's like, why are you crying? She's like, now I realise I'm your first. And I was like, oh, (laughs) give over. Honestly. This wasn't one of the best bits, yeah. It, it's a, to me, it doesn't make any sense either. Don't set him up to be right. such an awful scoundrel. Isn't that the point, that it's the transformation, isn't that? Okay, fine. So I've brought my pen and paper up. I can't write any notes down because they've not talked about anything valid. Yeah. And then they start to reel off. And it, I was great. I was like, this is great. I'm writing loads of stuff down. Yeah. But then I realised everything was just being told to me. I wasn't actually gaining yes. anything. They have that dinner scene and they reveal every single one of their political beliefs Bullet point by bullet point. Yeah, well, that's handy, you know, it's nice for you. It's really handy for note taking, <laughs> but it says to me that they were like, how do we tell the audience that these people have these thoughts? Because the scene where she gives the food to the poor, yeah. that's actually a really good example of letting you know how a person believes, mm. like what they think and how they act. Yeah, well, that's actually saying. It, without, and I know she says, oh, I went and gave it to them, but it's kind of throwaway. Yeah. That's fine. Then when they each smash a glass, because uh, they're rich and privileged, talking about like, um, what what they each would do if they were in power? Um, it's just so on the nose. Yeah. There's no care being taken yeah. to subtly delivering this information. Um, and also, at no point do you believe they're going to achieve anything. Yes, of it. indeed. No, you Afterwards, they fall down in a chair laughing, and they're yes. like, "This is wonderful." All those. All those homeless people yes. and those beggars, still yes, dying. they have some yes. food, but they're just out in the field with no home. In truth. And they're rolling around in this chair, all this smashed, rip, like, all these yeah. fine glasses, which they could have sold Zoned. or given to people, yeah. have just been smashed, all this wine thrown away, yeah. and they think it's wonderful. We're so ideological, and there's so much hope in us, and we're going to change the world. And I'm like, no! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you didn't like it. I didn't. I didn't. To, to say that it's the worst thing I've ever seen right. is, is it would be would be false. I just find it too dull and 
So what about the bits near the end? So obviously, as we get to the I end, you don't care about the execution. No, she's such she's a, such a disappointing character <laughs> that the actual person is so interesting. Yeah, the scene where she she gets that new shilling delivered to her. Who cares? <laughs> but then it's sorry, it's a symbol of the things that she is going to do or would have done if she hadn't been cut short. I think it's a symbol of her ideology with no commitment or ability to carry out actions. Do you know what? I guarantee it isn't about that. I... If you go to Trevor Nunn, Trevor, Trevor, right? No, but yes. do, you, do you not do you not of think it's a... it wasn't about that? It's no, but just... do you not think it's a perfect embodiment of the reason the shilling isn't worth what it used to be and isn't made of silver anymore? is because of inflation and the state of the country has deteriorated, etc., right? No. No. The reason the shilling is like that is because it was consciously devalued right. by Henry VIII in order, because what you do is you give out a shilling, which is worth a shilling in silver, and uh, you take it in and you give them back a shilling with a face value of a shilling, which has actually got 1p worth, worth of silver in it. So you, the government, have made a, made a lot of money. That's why... Right, Okay. So the point was, it's a return to old values. It is, and it's a symbol. I thought in the film clearly of look, they actually have made this new shilling, which is worth what it was supposed to be worth, and it's here. And if they hadn't been stopped, that's what they would have done. They would have. Is she really going to give it out to everybody? I thought she was just going to keep one as a souvenir. I didn't get the impression that they were going to roll that out nationally. Well, that, that was the template. They created here is a shilling that we are now creating in the mint. I thought she was just like foolishly and selfishly having one coin no. produced so that she could. You big meanie, and you big meanie. <laughs> How could it be that? That would have been terrible. It's the romance between them that undermines everything for me. Their character, yeah. the setup of the two characters prior, the really soppy romance, yeah. and then the fact that even when they're like. They're in prison, and then they don't... Basically, it's, it's the exact opposite of, like, A Man for All Seasons. They're kind of presented with this opportunity to, like, betray their beliefs. Yeah. And uh, Guildford's like, I couldn't betray our nine days together. Why are you speaking that silly voice? Because this is how the movie talks! <laughs> like, there's... They're just ideological, but they have no actual conviction or backbone. Like, at all. He, she's 16, he's 17. They are characters at the mercy of the people around them. But the whole thing about the film is this, these, this idealistic young people who are defeated and never had a chance, really, in the face of the political realities of life. I, I just think that the film lets them down. That, that idea is actually really interesting. And you can tell why... You can mm. kind of see that it's happening, but it's never doing it with such conviction and it never pulls me in enough right. that by the end I care. Okay, so and when she's killed, at the end, plot spoiler, uh, you, that means something to you, that scene. They fail to get you... It takes forever. Every one of them, Mary crying, all of them crying, and I'm like, oh, come on. Just kill her. Kill her. Kill her, if that's what you're thinking. It, it's just, I don't know, I'm Me. just really... The movie Ladies ha- and gentlemen, I'm so hard, I'm so hardened to the movie because it's... Because you hate it so Because it's so... Yes uninteresting throughout. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't it, engaged the characters, then it's, it's going to so, be... So when I get to the end, yeah. and you're meant to feel all these emotions, when... So, for example, when he's like, give them one last night together. And I'm like, there's not Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> but it is Romeo It's and meant Juliet. to be. Like, it's clearly meant to be the yeah. greatest love story of all time. But I don't... I just don't yeah. buy it. Yeah, indeed. Bear Go in on. mind, there's so much political intrigue and yeah. debate. 
I, I just can't help but feel that the film has got a lot of really important stuff going on that's just background mm. and when it's delivered it's delivered really on the nose yeah. and just to kind of pass a point forward and that it moves on because it's more concerned yeah. with the tragedy and the love yeah. than it is with kind of the political and social consequences it seems to me actually that it tries to do all of those things and therefore you know you never get caught up in one but it does you're right it focuses on the the love story also because i thought about elizabeth a lot yeah elizabeth has a love story in it mm. But it's one that never overpowers the movie. Yeah. And everything about... I know that it's a little bit different, but when yeah. I think about that film, I find it really entertaining. Mm. in delivering, And it delivers more information than I got from this, mm. while being more entertaining. Yeah. And more cinematic. And shorter. Yeah. And as a result, I can't help but feel that this is, is so inferior in comparison that it's, uh, it's just quite frustrating. Also, Edward looks... All of Edward's falling down scenes are... <laughs> d- they're so funny. Every time... And then he goes... I'm recovered. I'm wetting myself. And then later on, when they've given him all this arsenic, so it should be terrible, he just looks like a vampire. Right. He, he looks like an extra from Salem's Lot. Right, well, he is. He's show. just had arsenic. <laughs> yeah. I'd... Very good. Okay, look, so you hate it. Um, <clears throat> so, historical record. It is chock full of historical accuracies, unfortunately. There are rivers of them. Um, so it stands on the edge of that immortal watershed, you know, whether it's easier to list the inaccuracies or list the accuracies which is a bad place to be. Although, actually, I suspect it was trying to be quite, you know, historically accurate. I think that's where I it comes I actually from. thought it was going to be really historically accurate, probably until the romance kicked off. Right. and then That was when t- I felt like its purpose changed quite a lot. Right, I didn't feel that. I must admit, I felt that it was trying to be accurate throughout. But kind of first, because I thought that was one of the problems of the movie, is actually that it's a good old traditional movie, a bit like, uh, you know, Anne of a Thousand Days, that there's too much telling too much story in order to make sure somebody can say, look, have we covered all that? Yes, and you've got to, talk, you know. And so you think, well, look, actually, you could have just let that go because it's not that important and keep the main tension going. So the framework is fine. Uh, you know, Edward dies, James became clean, people don't like it, Mary becomes queen, you know, they die. Timelines are all right. There's a few bits and bobs. The historical interpretation is very traditional. So the historical interpretation is that Northumberland is the villain of the piece, that he's manipulating everybody. The alternative, and I think now more current, historical interpretation is that Edward genuinely creates this new succession plan which has Jane as queen, whereas in the film you have Northumberland basically forcing Edward to do it. Would Edward at, what, 15? Yeah. Would would Edward have... Maybe I'm doing him a disservice. Yeah, yeah. Would he have had the drive and the personal belief personal character. That, to to be so worried about Catholicism yes. that he would be like, I've got to continue my father's work, my only legacy? Did he know he was sick as well? The, the, the chronology actually historically is very important. The story of Edward is, is you see this emerging character. So the evidence is that actually it is Edward who writes this devised for the secession, as it's called, with his own hand. He drives that. He is very Protestant and increasingly Protestant. He gets to know that he's dying, but it's actually quite close. They, they are married before they know he's going to die. They know he's got a bit ill, a bit of a cough, a bit poorly, and looking peaky, the lad, and not like the look of that. And probably they've looked at his stool. Yes. And you've got to bet, bet that the continuing excellence of the stool has been one of the most now tiresome if, cases. If, that, if, if you'd added more stool into this movie, maybe I would have been interested. An absence of stool. Uh, so that's what makes the case that actually what Northumberland is, and throughout his career, his father was executed for treason by Henry the Seventh. Well, 
by Henry VIII, actually, all he had done, his father, is loyally carry out the commands of his master, Henry VII. His father gets killed because Henry VIII needs a scapegoat that isn't his father the king. Here history repeats itself. Northumberland, all he wants to do is rehabilitate his family name. He does what his master tells him to do and he follows it through. He says, right, this is Edward's device for the succession. We will make this work. So, so why does the film make Northumberland the clear Because that is villain? the traditional story. And in, when this film was made in the 80s, that is the story. It's the evil... Oh, OK. So there's just the understanding at the time the film was made. It's the reinterpretation that's come about from history. And, of course, you know, the way history goes. In 10 years' time, there'll be a revisionist and it'll go back to the way it was. But, and also, of course, for a film... Yeah, bit... he's quite a compelling bad guy. And it really it helps make Edward seem like a precursor to Jane. Yeah. And... It shows clearly that everyone is orchestrating this from the beginning. Yeah. Um, that Jane is is powerless to this. Yeah. Mary tries to warn her, but she's controlled by her parents, yeah. who are controlled and influenced by Northumberland yeah. and others, and that they don't have a choice. And there's a story here, isn't there, of age failing youth, as it were. So the, the interpretation is different. That doesn't mean it's wrong. Uh, it just means that he is not the current one. Uh, there are lots of bits that they pick out, so there's quite a lot of commentary on what happens, which makes it irritating that Trevor says we don't know much about Jane. Well, we kind of do know a fair amount, actually. So they're mainly Catholic, and therefore they've got a particular angle on it. But things like Father May We Go Home, which I found really sad. And obviously you didn't, because you hated Jane and wanted her to die. But I found it really sad, where everything has gone belly up, her father comes in and he rips the canopy of state from her throne, which, which is actually what happens. And he doesn't know what to say because this is his daughter who he has failed comprehensively. And she says, in all innocence, father, can we go home? And he can't say, no, of course you can't go home. You're going to die. He, he gets executed right after he... He does because he raises a rebellion, although they big that up, his role up in that a bit, actually. But yeah, he is part of the rebellion. He gets killed. And that's very heartbreaking but there, you know, there the inaccuracies start coming over. So Guildford and Jane probably didn't love each other at all. But see, this is the huge one. Yeah, the movie is based to like the movie draws us in, and the centre point, like yes. everything, starts to revolve around this romance. It does, and then it's their core bond which carries them through everything. And it's almost more than anything. I feel the movie's telling me that the tragedy is not that she wasn't queen, yeah, but that their love was defeated. Yes, indeed, which is. Sickening and stupid. Okay. Clearly, okay. the best through line is that we had a really good ruler who could have been really, really great. Yeah, that's a, definitely another... I, I, I think that's far more interesting, and I, I really want to know what like she's thinking, what, what she's going to propose. I know some of their ideas for what they're going mm. to do, what they want to do, but... I mean, the truth is, she probably doesn't have uh, time, but all you can see is the format that, as a character... So there's a very interesting bit where, in reality, what happens probably, is that Guildford actually demands to be made king, okay? which is what normally happens. It's the first time we've had a queen, ever. That's, Jane is our first queen, and even in fact she's not crowned, so Mary is probably our first ever queen. There's actually a woman called Saxburger in about 700 who is a queen for two years of Wessex. Hmm. Little known fact. Anyway. Did you say, what did you say? Saxburger. Saxburger, Oh, yeah. Saxburger. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like that. Don't say burger, is it? It's, you know, hamburger. That's not... Is it? Is it? Is it? How's it spelled? Can we stop talking about this? Okay, I'm uncomfortable. S e a x b u r g h a. Oh, okay. So not burger. Okay. No, although it actually sounds like burger. Should we talk? Should yes. we move on now? 
So what was I talking about before you interrupted me? Well, I talked about sex because my fault. So this thing happens She's the first where, queen. And the argument is that Northumberland thinks that by making Guildford king, uh, husband, he will also make his son king. Um, that's the old rubric. And she says, no, I am not going to make you king. And she's 16, and she's got all these people telling her, you're going to make Guildford king. And she says, no, I'm not going to make him king. I'll make him a duke, but I'm the queen. He's going to be my sidekick. So the, the story of the history is that here is a girl with incredible intellectual strength and power, incredible stre- strength of character, who could have been an exceptional queen in the same way that Edward could have been an exceptional queen. King. The historical story is around that. And you, you, maybe you're right. Maybe they should have gone for that rather than, you know. And her her conviction to her religion is really strong. Yeah. But the the film does everything possible to diminish that or push that into the background at a moment's notice. It's interesting. I didn't quite feel that. So, and the underplay of the vituperation of the religious politics, which is your saying, this is vicious stuff. I think Jane describes Thomas Harding in a letter as, you know, something to do with the outpourings of hell. I can't remember the quote, actually, but it's really vicious language. Catholics, Protestant, Protestant, Catholic, but, you know, they don't get on. And yet they underplay that, I think, maybe because it would be unattractive. You know, it's not a... Yeah, the scene where she says he's going to burn in hell um, is really diluted because she's yeah. sobbing. So it doesn't deliver any power yeah. behind it. But the, the death scene is actually is done except for one very important fact, which will really annoy you. Uh, and I know about this one, which is why my point stands. Okay, okay, it does. You know, it's all really well done, actually, and it's exactly... And in history, she goes up to Feckenham, who is a Catholic who's tried to reconvert her, and, you know, and she gives him a hug and says, you know... She doesn't say, we'll see you in heaven, because neither of them believe that, because they think the other person's going to hell. But she cracks, cracks a gag, actually. She says something around about her head not fitting very well on the block, you know, which is impressive. You're going to die in a few minutes... And you, you know, you crack a gag. Not bad, is it? So there's that humanity in the history, and she's not just a fanatic, essentially. But in the film, possibly the worst thing for me about the whole film, as she's about to have her head chopped off, she says Guildford. And whispers it. Whispers it. Whispers it into the wind yes. as if the voice will be carried to him. Yeah. That's quite poetic. You should, you should be a poet. Whispers it on the wind. Anyway, yeah, so that's irritating because what she says is, quite rightly, I commend my soul to the, to the Lord. Yeah. Far more important than... Which... Actually, she refuses to see Guildford before the execution. Guildford says, should we meet up, Jane, because we're about to be killed tomorrow? And she said, no. Yeah, so because... she's this really strong character yeah. who's... And if anything, it probably would paint her in a more, I don't know, ambiguous light if they yes. really conveyed just how much she Indeed. hated Catholics. Yeah. And just how... Because she was clearly going to burn yeah. them as heretics as well. Well, that is the danger, that she'd have been queen and you'd had... Other I mean, I had an interesting discussion with Nicola Tallis, actually, the author about this, who was saying that, you know, the danger is that she would have become a bloody Jane rather than Bloody Mary. Actually, historically, it's probably unlikely because England was already going down the path to Protestantism and most Catholics had had to accept whether they liked it or not, the imposition of a new regime on them. So probably Jane would have continued that. The reason why Mary is so bloody it changes. is because she tries to change it back. But the point is still the case. Both Jane and Mary are religious fanatics. And that doesn't play well in the 21st secular 21st century. I think we've delighted the, the listeners well enough because I think we've said everything. You really hate it. So we're going to mark it now. Quality as a movie. Oh, you're not allowed to see my scores. I'd give it a four. Hmm, I was going to give it 
I, I mean, I, you've kind of convinced me. Actually, I'm going to come down to your level. What is your genuine feelings? On? I thought I quite enjoyed it. I did you? Enjoy, you'd already seen it before, right? I'd seen it before. And the did love you quite scenes, enjoy it again? Uh, when I saw it before, yeah, I wasn't in any position to watch anything to do with that sort of that schmushy uh, love scene. So you know, I kind of spent most of my time vomiting behind the sofa or wondering what the footy score was more like, actually. Yes. This time round, I was a bit more... I kind of gritted my teeth and said, I'm going to get through this romantic stuff, and, you know, it's going to be fine. So it was all right. I guess, but I still feel like you shouldn't have to grit your teeth to get through the romantic stuff. You're absolutely right. If it's done well, it just works. Indeed. I'm going to give it a little bit more than that, I think a five. But, I I mean, I'd only given it six. You've kind of convinced me. What's your accuracy? Accuracy, I've given four. Okay. Which is probably a little bit harsh, actually, because think about most of the framework is there. What did you give it? I mean, I I didn't. I mean, based on the fact that they change yeah. quite a lot of it, it's the accuracy seems to get even worse the more you talk about it. Mm. So I would say that a low score is, is fine. I definitely wouldn't go higher than a five. Okay. Um, that being said, and this is clear, I learned more about mm-hmm. Jane than I ever knew before. Yeah. I genuinely learned information mm-hmm. about her, and it at least has given me this idea that she suddenly wasn't like an illegitimate um, fill-in or even um, actually a nefarious ruler who was put in to displace... Indeed, which is the the traditional story, and it's absolutely wrong. We need to finish. Yes. Been long enough. So we're we're canning this movie, essentially. We're giving it five for equality. Yes, okay, uh, fine. What, five and four? Five Five and five? five? Five, five, five and four. four. Five and four. Five and four. But the point that I was making yeah. is, yes. and this maybe falls into why we would recommend it for okay. somebody, um, I actually learned it, it's a okay. harmless film. It is actually harmless. Yeah. A little bit long, sure. But yeah. I learned a lot of information about Jane that I did not know about, mm-hmm. and it, it made her, and in fairness, Edward, for me, made them more prevalent in my knowledge of kind yeah. of the rulers. And actually, it has quite an interesting outlook on Mary. Mm-hmm. It does. It's really positive. Actually, that's a really good point, that Mary is very often... Very unfairly painted as a, you know, basically a lunatic. Whereas in this film, actually it paints her very positively as somebody with some genuine problems who wants to show mercy to Jane, but it's forced by circumstances. And it clearly suggests that, is true. that actually Mary is the rightful heir. Mm. The film never has the suggestion that Jane is the rightful heir no, at all. which is... It's all right. nefarious like, yeah, fudging all, of information. It's all this Northumberland evil guy approach. So it's just interesting that it's neither a Protestant nor a Catholic point of view. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a middle point of view. Yeah. Whereby it says Mary's actually pretty nice and she is the rightful heir so she should be queen Um, but that the only reason they die is because they don't really have a choice like it's it's the way the the events kind of go because they were led there by others yeah yeah okay so that's the reason that why you would watch them recommend somebody to watch movies that you're going to find something out more about the environment the time like a lot of people have said on the Facebook group before, yeah. if you're interested in the history, mm-hmm. watching the films, even if they aren't as good, is a really interesting way of kind of seeing certain characters in yeah. life and understanding... And actually the, the world context. is quite nicely built. The built environment, the clothes, the music and all the rest of it is quite nice built. Right, so what I would say is why you want to go to the mills is if you like romances and can watch the most tooth-suckingly sweet version of it, then, you know... I mean, there are people in the world who are mad for any kind of you know mad romance, aren't there? Not quite yeah. this mad. I, I did actually uh, find it interesting raising <laughs> the the social issues that were occurring at yeah, the time because they were real issues. Actually, they're holding what's going on at the time. It's something called enclosure. 
The branding of the beggars, yeah. I didn't know about. Yeah, and indeed there's two years where you could actually be made a slave for vagrancy. Yeah. Which is extraordinary. They didn't come out of the film, but anyway, that's just a fact. And if you love Carrie, Carrie Elwes, you know. He is great. He is pretty. And as I say, if you want to see the Tudor world conjured up, then, you know, it's very nice. And it doesn't go over the top, actually. It's, um, it's nicely done. Right, that's it. I feel exhausted. We're going to have a roundup of the conversation on Facebook around Lawrence of Arabia. Well, by golly, doing the History of Technicolor has paid for itself ten times over by just getting me to see Lawrence again. I love that movie. Blown away by it, I am. And it was just fantastic that it got me to watch it again. Sod the accuracy thing. Who cares? A lot of you felt the same, actually. Funny enough, you apparently love The Madness of King George more than this, but in terms of top ten movies, over 75 of you said Lawrence is in there, and that's four times the previous best. I think that says it all, really. So, the vast majority of your comments told that same story. Georgina saw it when she was a kid and said she'd been mesmerised ever since he blew out the match, probably 60 years past. What an amazing scene that is. Mark said it represents the very best in storytelling. No standards to compare it to. Absolutely right. Tim, breathtaking. Peter had an interesting comment, actually. The power of Lawrence Arabia, as with many history films, lies not in its very similitude, but in its capacity to inspire you and make you dig deeper into what really happened. Really interesting comment. There were just a couple of dissenting voices, which I mentioned. Although only 1% of you said that it wasn't for you, one of them was Chantal, because of the Peter O'Toole factor. And I have to say, I have a lot of sympathy. He really is the definition of a hammy actor lover, isn't he? But anyway, but in this film, you know, in this film he was brilliant. And then there was Jan. So Jan had not seen it. She was worried that, and I quote, the snobby racism of the time would be too much to take. But we persuaded you, Jan, didn't we? We talked you into it. We said, you've got to do it. Really good. It's fantastic. You're going to love it. Oh, it's brilliant. You know, oh, it's superb. And that's what History and Technicolor is all about, after all. So you went to watch it and you hated it. Didn't even manage to finish it. Darn! Invoice of the Costa Sky films coming my way. Anyway, thanks for your comments, everyone. I love the whole experience. It's always a hoot sharing the enthusiasm. Great, thank you. So that is the end of this. I'm sorry that Wolf hated it so much and just doesn't like love. Yes, if you think that I'm wrong, please do message me and I'll be sure to <laughs> listen to your opinions. I suspect Wolf's right, actually. But anyway, there you go. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Thank you. Are you not entertained? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 